Shattering the Glass Ceiling is a production of the Connecticut Democratic Party. I'm Tanaya Baker. And I'm Jacqueline Cozen. And we're your hosts for conversations with women who are the trailblazers, rising stars, elected officials, and campaign pros who make you say, I'm with her. This week's guest is Gabby Cope, the newly elected president of the CT Young Dems. everybody. Welcome to another edition of Shattering the Glass Ceiling. We are excited to have the new Connecticut Young Democrats president here today, uh, Gabby Koch. Welcome, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Thank you for fitting us into your schedule. I'm sure with session going on. She's also aide for Senator uh, Bradley, and I'm sure it's pretty hectic uh, for you. So thank you for taking the time mm-hmm. to be with us. Of course. So. Um, I, I kick it over to Tanaya. Tanaya is usually our first question asker. So <laughs> on to you, Tanaya. Thank you. And thank you for coming on, Gabby. So the first question is, tell us about your life story. Where did you grow up and how did you get to where you are, where you are? It's a great question. Um, so I was born in Venezuela, um, but also lived, um, in my early, like adolescent, in my early, uh, like toddler childhood years in Peru, I moved to Connecticut in about second grade, third grade, um, and I pretty much started off in Bridgeport. That's where a lot of my family is from. Um, but then when my parents kind of you know, made it a point to want to move to suburban America and kind of live the American dream that most immigrants uh, really have for the country, we moved into Shelton. Um, and from there, um, I kind of, you know, noticed a lot of differences, uh, obviously growing up in an area where there's so much cultural diversity and um, there's so many more people that look like me and, you know, speak Spanish and things like that. And, you know, moving to the suburbs was definitely a, a culture shock. Um, so I think from there, I kind of really uh, became more of an advocate for like activism and then started really getting into politics and um that's kind of where, where I kind of uh, got to, got me to here. That's kind of the seeds that got me here. So can you tell us a little bit about your first political experience? You know, can, um, mm-hmm. what was the first thing that, uh, if you remember what your first political experience, doesn't necessarily have to be campaign or government related. I mean, sometimes, um, you know, activism uh, could be a good source, which sounds like you have a lot of experience with. Yeah, so I guess it really started with my grandmother. My grandmother in Peru, um, her name is Lilia, shout out Abuelita. Um, she was very involved with, you know, her community in Peru. And then when she moved to Bridgeport, um, she was very involved in nonprofit work, particularly in, in mentoring parents who have had children um, labeled as like problem children in the school system. So she was a mentorship for those, for those parents who struggled with um, kind of really... Um, helping their children and, you know, dealing with people who have been labeled as delinquent. So I helped her a lot in that aspect. She would take me to all her meetings. She would take me to all these events. She would do always handing out things to people, always, uh, you know, volunteering with her. And that started for as young as like third grade. The second I moved to Bridgeport, um, she really made it a point to take me out and kind of show me the community and um, really just get involved wherever I can. And then the first official um, political experience per se was when I helped out with the municipal election in the 137th district in Bridgeport. Um, I was in high school. Wow. So I think I might've been 15 or 16. 
Wow, that's pretty cool. Nice. So you mentioned uh, your grandmother's work and politics. Uh, So I I wanted to ask, how do you, um, what do you feel are the advantages um, in how women politic? That's a great question. Um, A lot of times, you know, when I first started working in, in this field, I kind of thought, wow, there's so many disadvantages. But then as I kept going and really kind of looking at other, you know, people I can, you know, aspire to be like and take note of, uh, I realized a lot of women in politics uh, tend to really have this uncanny ability to reach across the aisle and to work across party lines. Um, I was looking at this website called womandeliver.org and um, it was just stating that and then stating how, you know, a lot of times when women are in a political leadership role, they tend to prioritize things such as health and education. Um, so I think that that's a big advantage, especially when it comes to being able to um, work across those party lines and, you know, have that ability to, you know, really establish a, a good negotiation and being able to um, cut across differences in, in a more layman's terms. Yeah, cool. Um, working at the Capitol, I imagine this legislative session, we've been hearing about um, uh, lots of different uh, legislation that's in uh, the Governor's Council on Women and Girls has put some really interesting uh, bills out that or policy proposals that, you know, for people to support. What are you seeing as like the key policy issues that affect women right now? And are there key pieces of legislation that you're keeping your eye on and others should do the same that affect women? So, I mean, I think nationwide, I mean, I think that one of, one of the main issues is the so much discourse around women's bodies and what we can do around our healthcare. Um, you know, the classic saying, you know, a lot of people, a lot of men like to talk about our bodies. Um, and we're, we're oftentimes not um, at, the, at the forefront of that discussion, unfortunately. So I think that's a huge issue. Another issue for me, I think, um, is really um, working to equalize, you know, being a mom. <laughs> I think that mm-hmm. having affordable health, uh, child care, health care, um, really um, essentially helping out uh, a majority of like working class policies, making sure that um, we're helping out a lot of single mothers who are fall in that working class category and that, you know, we're able to make sure they're not, you know, falling behind uh, in terms of, you know, housing, uh, you know, being able to feed their, their families, being able to um, not being penalized for being pregnant, being able to work and be a mom, I think is very important. Um, so I think a lot of policies surrounding that um, are really what are affecting women today. Right. And, and, I, and I think it's important that we're focusing on these type of policies because uh, l- like you said, it do affect a lot of women um, today. But I, I just, I wanted to ask you, uh, what are some ob- obstacles that you may face as a woman and as a person of color uh, both like politically or just, you know, obstacles as far as like getting to where you are? Yeah, I guess, wow. Like me being kind of young, getting on the scene and being a woman of color, um, especially getting involved in like uh, a city like Bridgeport, you know, like, you know, ur- urban America, politics in urban America, I feel like is pretty cutthroat. Um, I mean, politics in general, I feel like is cutthroat, but I feel like when you put it in a metropolitan populated area, it gets, I think, kind of amplified. So I think being a woman in the setting, um, you really have to be above and beyond, uh, especially being a woman of color. You can't, you kind of can't be mediocre. 
Um, I feel like I wasn't afforded the possibility of making the same mistakes um, as other counterparts. Oftentimes my male counterparts um, would be able to make certain mistakes and it wouldn't be a problem. Um, reputation is huge. Um, you know, if you get a reputation for being flirty or anything like that, it's just like, you know, you're immediately like blacklisted. Um, so I think that was one of the, the biggest, it's, you know, I think hard things because it's like, how can you be like nice and cordial and, you know, be able to, you know, be political with people without kind of, you know, being perceived as anything, you know, you're kind of at the whim of people's words, especially men's. Um, so I think that was a big issue for me. Um, not that I had to deal with that, but I've seen, I've seen that with other people, young women of color trying to do what I'm doing. Um, you know, thankfully I had really good mentors that really looked out for me and, and really vouched for me and really had a, me and their good graces. So I, I always had um, someone there support me and, uh, you know, be, be a uh, helping hand when I needed it. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And in our podcasts, we've been hearing a lot from women about emphasizing mentorship. And can you talk a little bit about like, who are your mentors? Did you seek out getting a mentor? Did it just happen organically? Do you have any recommendations for others who may want to go about finding a mentor? Yeah, actually, for me, it happened pretty organically. My grandmother, who was very involved in nonprofit work, she's super involved in the community. Um, she actually befriended um, Lydia Martinez, who is wow. a very well-known, like, OG in Bridgeport. Um, she's been super involved in the community, super involved in politics for so long. Um, I had, you know, the opportunity to really talk to her and ask her, you know, what's going on, like, you know, the, the in and outs of, you know, what is going on in this area. Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy, a lot of, uh, you know, issues that, you know, I really, you know, hopefully in the future, we can see change, right? Um, but yeah, she really kind of helped me out, really was a voice of mentorship. Um, she kind of gave me the ins and outs of who's who and everything like that. And then when she introduced me to um, Senator Bradley, you know, I, I, call, I call him Dennis, you know, he was also very helpful. Um, he really is, you know, very involved with youth. He loves supporting the youth. And like, I immediately said, listen, I, I want to do X, Y, Z. I want to be involved. Like I can learn. Like I kind of was very eager to really just get in here and learn more. And I think, you know, me being also going to school for education, I kind of was very like able to also mentor other people. So for example, we had like volunteers and stuff. Um, I would always take it upon me, you know, to always be like a mental figure. Say, don't afraid to reach out to me. Like, you know, here's my number. Um, you know, when I was student teaching and in my master's program, I even encouraged that, you know, in our, in my classroom, when I was teaching to, you know, just don't be afraid to reach out. A lot of it is really putting yourself out there. And I know it's easier said than done, but, um, you know, it could help if you just bring someone with you to certain things, you know, you really have to take that first step to let people know, you know, what, what you want to do. And, you know, you really, you know, put the hand out there to see whoever can, can help you out. Thank you. Yes, we, we definitely need to encourage more people to, to get out and to get involved um, mm -hmm. politically, especially younger, um, younger people. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, what is your what is your vision for the CT um, Young Dems? And what do you hope to focus on for the organization now that you're president? So I think I really want to unify the Young Dems in Connecticut. Um, we have so many, you know, different facets of them. We have college young Dems. We have, uh, you know, within the college young Dems, every college has their own young Dems. And then we have, uh, you know, regional young Dems, young Dems from cities. Um, you know, it goes on and on. Um, we have high school young Dems. I really would love for CTYD to be a, a central point for information, uh, you know, resources, 
guide guidance on how to you know have retention members how to um make sure you have good you know a good solid e-board uh connect them have good relationships with you know party members um so i really would love to kind of centralize that whole um situation that we have with young dems in connecticut as well as really just getting more people of color involved especially young people um you know young people of color i really want to reach out to high school i love high school kids um i i actually um got a lot of information from them when I was teaching. Um, a lot of them really are really better about the whole political process. Um, and they have access to so much information nowadays. Uh, you know, it's like endless memes of bashing politics, right? And Endl endless memes of that. Um, but they've found a lot of uh, comfort in like people like Bernie Sanders or like AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So I kind of I got a, a feel for what's appealing. And I think that having a progressive voice and, you know, a diverse representation of what the party is and can be would be very appealing and allow them to kind of break down that that um, image that they have, you know, that we're mostly here to keep status quo, that we can be used to enforce change, which one of the reasons why I got involved is because I believe that, you know, to be working with change on the inside, um, also having the perspective from the outside on the activist point is something that can be really, um, like, useful and be a real asset to the party and to people also who want to get involved. And so how would you recommend like people getting involved? I know with Connecticut and Democrats, but I think, you know, and you and I spoke with uh, mm -hmm. about getting more involved with the state party. Sometimes there is this tension between, you know, older Democrats and younger Democrats um, which is a little bit frustrating. And I come from, you know, I'm a former uh, president of Connecticut Young Democrats and trying to do a lot of work to try to get more uh, young people engaged. How, you know, I know with Connecticut Young Dems, we could do a little plug at the end of how people like can get in touch with you if they want to become involved. But in terms of uh, bringing more young people, particularly younger people of color, as you mentioned, what can we do to help uh, engage more people? I think something key to that is to really make sure that we let them know that we value what you value ultimately, right? Um, I think a lot of the disconnect is in what they think Democrats value and what they are about. Um, I think it's an issue of messaging. Um, I also think it's an issue of representation. Um, I think that, you know, reaching out to, you know, let's say like older Democrats, for example, um, it's not that we technically, I mean, obviously besides like technology and things like that, you know, I think ultimately if we share same values, I think that really cuts across generations. And I think that when we have conversations of getting involved, we should start off with that, right? Um, let's not start off with like uh, a specific policy or like, um, you know, there's always going to be like intricacies and nuances to that. But I think if we just start off with our core values and how we can move with those in the forefront, I think that would be very helpful in, in collaboration. Um, and I think as long as we keep the focus on that, that would be helpful. And we get the messaging around that. I think that would, um, I think at least that would be uh, my approach towards that. Very cool. I work, I look forward to working with you on that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Nepal. Yeah. So we're going to move on to some fun questions. Yay, fun. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and the first one is, uh, what music do you listen to when you prepare for election day or a big political event to get you pumped? 
Okay. Um, I, it depends. I mean, if it's, if I'm very invested, super invested, <laughs> I will most likely get into a kind of meditative state. So I most likely will listen to music without words. So it could be like lo-fi, like study music, um, which is kind of like hip hop, but like no, no like vocals. Um, I would probably listen to maybe some classical. Like I get, in, I like using that to kind of get in my meditative state, I guess. Um, I like to be cool and collected. <laughs> um, if I'm kind of just like, you know, in a good mood, yay, let's go election day. You know, maybe I'm like helping out at like a poll, polling place or something. Like I'm not super invested. Not that I'm not, you know, that I wouldn't be, but you know, there's levels to it, I guess you can say. Uh, <laughs> I would probably listen to something more hype, like a little more hype, kind of like Rico Nasty, you know, I don't know how appropriate that is to say. <laughs> I like Rico no, Nasty. Is, uh, <laughs> shout out, shout out uh, Rico Nasty. Uh, maybe some old school Kanye. I'd like to emphasize old school Kanye West. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of what I like to do. Like, you know, De La Soul, you know, some old school New York. Oh my God, De La Soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. That's going to be fun for us to, we usually pick a track to play at the end. So I'm very excited for that. Oh man. Okay. Totally. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. And we have a whole, like a whole range of different songs. So nothing's like too crazy. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Penn, who you may know from the Capitol, she uh, was our, did our last podcast and she was all about Cardi B. uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, she's a powerhouse. Yeah, oh, I love her. She's fierce. I she is. You know, love she, it. I worked with her on the governor's campaign, and uh, she's just awesome. Um, she's about it. Yeah, she's down. She's down. She is. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. So Hollywood is making a movie about you. Which uh, actor plays you? Who do you? Uh, who would you assign to uh, play you in a movie? You know, I was looking at that question. I was like, wow, that's a good question. Oh my goodness. Um. Wow. Um, an actor. I mean, I'd like, I would love to say Holly Berry, but you know, <laughs> I would love to say Holly Berry. Uh, not that I look like her at all, but you know, she's, she's perfect. She's, spirit. Like each of them has their own I love spirit her. that they bring to the screen. So yeah, no, she's, she's intense. She's yeah. very intense. I like her. Yeah. Nineties like Holly Berry. I loved her. Yep. Nineties Holly Berry. <laughs> yes. I love nineties Holly Berry. That's awesome. <laughs> Okay, so if you can have dinner with anyone, who would it be and why and where? Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is, like, I love her. Oh, my gosh. Like, when she came out on the scene, I felt seen. (laughs) No pun intended. No pun intended. I felt seen. Um, I would love to get, like, a nice dinner with a view. Um, I wouldn't even want to talk about politics. I would just want to talk about, like, you know, just people you know how we can keep people together just like uh hobbies like you know I just I just want to talk to her I just want to have like a very friend 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 to friend bestie conversation with her <laughs> and where would you where would you go what would you uh well she's from New York I was gonna say well, right- obviously I would have to go to the city I'd want her to show me <laughs> uh, a restaurant with a view maybe like a rooftop nice you know that'd be really nice that's great <laughs> hey. Um, all right. So you're running for president. What would be your top three issues uh, that you would want to address? Number one, education. Mm-hmm. If it could be two and three, it, I would make it two and three. 
Um, but I'm super big on education. Um, I cannot emphasize enough how much my heart hurts to see so many of our school districts just not being properly funded, really disadvantaging innocent children, um, you know, particularly like high school kids. Like I'm really big on high school kids. And, um, you know, when, when I, whenever I, you know, I, when I was teaching in like schools, I taught at a West Haven high school when it was being renovated and then Norwalk high school, um, Norwalk high school, Norwalk, the, Norwalk is just a beautiful district in general, but mm-hmm. then the differences from a district like West Haven, you know, it kind of just broke my heart, you know, and then you see the difference in the kids' attitudes. Um, but we definitely need proper, um, you know, properly trained teachers, people with ESL, ELL training that can, you know, really effectively, you know, understand that a lot of children who don't speak English as a first language is just a language barrier. It's not a barrier of intellect. You know what I mean? So I think that we really need to uh, fix our curriculums and, and how we teach our kids to be more critical instead of just really memorizing. And, you know, and that's, you know, and that's particularly STEM education. I'd love to really expand STEM education and, uh, you know, kids of color, um, but also the arts. I mean, I could go on and on, but number two, <laughs> number two would be um, healthcare for sure, um, especially expanding healthcare to people who have been in this country and paying taxes uh, because, you know, uh, undocumented or not, um, they do pay taxes, you know, it is a thing. So at the end of the day, they are paying into that pool. Um, and I believe that they should, you know, be able to, you know, have healthcare, especially affordable healthcare and have some kind of coverage. Um, so I think people who pay taxes should be part of uh, healthcare, have the option to be part of healthcare period. Um, and then the third one would most likely be um, housing. We need to get affordable housing, um, especially, I just moved to Stanford, so I cannot emphasize how much I need affordable housing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I cannot I'm emphasize. Connecticut, actually. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is so expensive. I mean, it's, it's wild. But I mean, I don't know how long I'll stay there, but I hope to stay there because I love it there. I mean, it's fun, right? I mean, you have like a nice city there. It's close to New York, you know. But yeah, no, affordable housing, how, you know, really getting, um, you know, clean water in them, <laughs> uh, which I guess would go along with the housing and infrastructure. But I think that would be the top three for me. Those are great. I would vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> so where do you see yourself politically in five years? You know, I... I really don't know how to answer that. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't think even last year I'd be president of Young Dems. You know, I wouldn't even, that wasn't necessarily on my radar. I think in the next five years, I really would be wherever there's a need. You know, I, I really kind of take it by ear in that way. If I see like there's a need and I feel like I could fill that niche, um, I'm all for it. So I'm brief. I don't really know exactly, but for sure. I know I want to go to law school, so it's not technically politically related, but I definitely want to go to law school. So I know I'll be in law school. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I'll run for office in the next five years. I don't think I will. <laughs> I kind of want to lay low before that, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah that's kind of where I'm at right now. Awesome. Well, we're very excited to see you definitely got amazing energy and uh, a super bright future ahead of you. I, I'm very excited to be able to get to work with you. Um, for our last question, we usually ask and, and hope you can, I mean, you've given a lot of good advice already, but what three pieces of advice would you give young women wanting to break into politics? Oh, that's great. I mean, I, I, I've talked to students that I had about this before. Um, 
The first is you need uh, mentorship for sure. You need to secure that. I cannot emphasize enough how much that is just so much of an asset to so many people that have gone involved. Um, uh, so one is mentorship. Two, um, just believe that you can do it. You know, it's, you know, people say the word politics and it's, it's very like, it could be flashy. It could be this, it could be drama. It could be, Oh, I don't know, you know, controversial, but you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people who get involved really just want to do it, you know, on the ideal end, right. To really make change and really make sure that their people are being heard and that, you know, it's, it's coming from a place where they, they see something wrong and they want to make sure they can address it and fix it. So I think that, as long as you really keep the morale up um, and have confidence, just believe that it's something you can do. Don't think it's something that's out of your reach. It's, it's, you know, municipally get involved in your city, um, you know, your town, that's really where it starts. And then I think the third piece of advice would be to don't lose uh, authenticity, really, you know, try to be yourself and make sure that if you feel like, you know, it's, you're losing that and you're not going to be able to do it for whatever reason in that process in your political journey. I think it's a time for you to reassess um, because you really need to have uh, strong principles and morals to be in this line of work, I believe. Um, so I think it's, you know, mentorship, the confidence, the belief that it's something that's tangible that you can do. Um, and then the third would be just to make sure you stay true to yourself, you know? Yeah. And stay grounded. Yeah. They grounded, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask, uh, how do we get people more involved in Young Dems? Where do they go to get more information? Yes. Yeah, so definitely our social media is going to have a revamp very soon. But as of right now, to just send us your email on social media would be the best thing. Um, our Facebook page is Connecticut Young Democrats. Um, our Instagram is CT Young Dems. Um, and also, you know, just don't be afraid to DM us. Um, we really want anybody and everybody to feel free. They can, you know, be involved. Um, also see if you're, you have a local chapter. I know Hartford and Naugatuck Valley are very active. So those two chapters right now would be the best. Um, if you want to get involved more locally, um, my email for right now, we're going to be switching over is e. VP, sorry, executive VP at ctyoungdems.org. So that would be the best way right now, but we're going to have much more coming up. Um, I really want to re revamp our website and our social media so it can be more accessible with more information on that. Time is a factor, so it's time to count. Count not the negative actions of one. Speakers of soul say it's time to shout. Three forms of soul to a positive sum. Dance to this fix and flex every muscle. Space can be filled if you ride like my lumber. Advance to the tune, but don't do the hustle. Shake, rattle, roll to my magic number. Now you may try to subtract it, but it just won't go away. Three times one. What is it? One, two, three. That's a magic number.